0: Hey, good evening, everyone. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of Cultured and Country Unscripted. I, myself, I'm Terrence Culbreth, the host of this great, magnificent podcast. And today, we have none other than a good friend of mine. We met, man, some years ago. I can't even remember when. Can't even really remember where. (laughs) I think it was something to do with and Fellowship, but, you know, we was all getting our feet wet in this game called politics. And so... I want to introduce to you all the one and only Mr. Terrick Neal. What's going on?
1: Nothing much, nothing much. Um, I can actually tell you what we met at.
0: Come on, come on, give it to me, where we met.
1: I remember. Okay, so I was um, in the Clyburn Fellowship class, and you came in as a guest speaker and you talked about your love for
0: Jordans,
1: and you had on some Jordans. Oh, yes, I but...
0: remember you as a mayor that were the Jordans. But, you know, <laughs> I like Jordans. Oh, that's so funny! <laughs> yes, come on, man. Look, I got I got on some um little retro sixes today. The blue ones. They're not official, official retro, but they okay. blue, they sixes. I like them. But um, all, right. <laughs> all right, yeah, I, yeah. I remember that now. So, <laughs> man, see that's what I'm saying. That's been some time ago, but yeah, y- you have done a, minute. You've done a lot since then. I remember um, a few months ago you were showing me some pictures of time you spent in Africa. All, like, yeah, you let me let me not jump ahead of myself. I got my okay. I got my notes together. <laughs> I slide my little piece of paper. Out. Okay. So I was
1: just reminiscing on Africa, but
0: we a, can wait. Exactly. So yeah, make sure we 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 bring that up. But um, like I said, I, I like this to be. Uh meeting of the minds where people can, you know, kick your shoes off, relax, and learn about people in our state and what they're doing. So so Soterica, okay. tell the people where are you from. You you hail from what part of the great state of South Carolina? Uh Lawrence County, by way of Great Court, South Carolina. Lawrence
1: County, Great Court. Okay. All right. We say Great you, uh, you Court, but yeah, Great
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to let you have it. I was going to let you have it. <laughs> yeah, great Coat,
1: South Carolina. Great Coat. That's where I'm from. Yeah.
0: I, I tell everybody, I love being country. I wouldn't want to be nothing else.
2: I know, right? I love it.
0: That's it. So, from Grey Coat to, mm-hmm. like you said, me meeting you at the Clyburn Fellowship, what, what was that transition? How did you get there? How did you get from oh, Lawrence County wow. to... Not not quite where you are now. We are gonna get to that, but how did okay. you? I guess you could say. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like to say people got away from because I I know your your passion for your community and how much you love to to be there mm-hmm. and serve and help. So, what what was it like? Ah, uh,
1: so from gray coat to Orangeburg. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I went to Claflin, the illustrious Claflin University,
3: okay, the best shout out
1: HBCU in the land. <laughs> huh? But I, um, I ended at, I landed at Claflin, um, in Orangeburg, South Carolina, um, and that was how I grew into, I started this journey of growing into who Sh- Sh- um, and, and started finding things that I was passionate about, um, and could dabble and dabble into different areas while I was on campus those uh, five years. I was there five years. ended up majoring in politics and justice studies and sociology. So um, that's why I started getting my feet wet with voter registration, Uh, just the love of politics, learning about uh, the ancestors before us, so connecting history to politics, Black history, that is. So that took me, um, it, it was a journey of about five years while I was in Orangeburg. And from Orangeburg, I graduated and I went back home. But instead of going to Lawrence, I went to Greenville. Um, and so I worked there. I started off at Verizon right out of college, uh, selling phones.
0: There you go. That, that is <laughs> so the best coverage in South Carolina. I
1: made I made sure all my customers had their uh their their package with their phone screen. Uh, protector, that dang on phone case, and some insurance. <laughs> I made sure I made sure my people was good when they walked out of uh, Verizon. But I left there. It was it was fun. I made money. Um, and I, that's when I learned to like really connect with people and have conversations with them. Although I was selling them phones, uh, the that in order for them to to come to me and allow for me to sell them a phone, I had to get to know them. I had to have conversations with them. Um, and so that's when I lo- learned to like communicate. Just talk to people.
0: You, you sound people, like, people the, just the, like to
1: talk. <laughs> the
0: perfect the perfect salesman because most people don't like to be forced or pushed into nothing.
1: Yeah, Mm-mm, I ain't forcing nobody. I'm just talking like you came into the store so clearly you wanted something. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to talk about what you want and I'm getting to know you at the same time. And By the time you leave out of there, you go have your product, but you're also going to have, for me, I like to make certain that people are taken care of. Mm-hmm. So you got so. Um, I went from there from Verizon. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a, a male dominant uh, space, uh, but I had a great manager. Um, and but then I left there and because I just I, it was a call for me to get involved with uh, Black youth, young people. I was a first generation college graduate, and so that's why I'm so very proud of like my accomplishment. That that's big for me.
0: Yeah, no, um, that's, that's huge so, for a lot. I, I yeah, know you you, you talked about that. Yeah, say say it again.
1: I said first generation, so um, I started working at the Urban League. I've always been Urban League. I just felt like if I had that resource in my life coming up, um, I would have been exposed to college earlier. I would have known about uh, HBCUs. Um, I would have known how to navigate through the pre-college enrollment process. I wouldn't have student loan debt today. I graduated top of the class, so there was no reason for me to go off to college. You know, um, through financial aid, I could have applied for scholarships. Um, just, I just, I just know that if I had that in my life, I would have been, I guess, well-equipped and well-prepared to go off to college and not end with student loan debt because I went to, uh, disrupt generational, poverty. that's how I see myself disrupting the cycle of generational poverty through educational attainment. So it was always, go get your degree so you can make money so you can you know, break the cycle of generational poverty. So, I ended up at Urban League running a um, program. I was the education coordinator running this program called uh, Project Ready. And so, I just did college tours. I went to 10 different schools, talked to the students, um, just invited, helped them with SAT and ACT prep, made sure that they had the resources, helped me with college applications and scholarship applications. Um, but at the same time, I was servicing young people in Greenville. Mm-hmm. And I'm from, again, I'm from Greycoat, Lawrence County. So, I started my Greenville own nonprofit the city, at the right? same time. Yeah, it's the city. Yeah. Greenville is on up. We, Greenville the city. Uh, Lawrence is the country. Um, so I started my own thing, and I wanted to service Black youth um, from my hometown and provide them with pre-college enrollment services. And so I uh, created Project Black Heart. Uh, that was the heart of it, but then I got into like doing other stuff. I, I hosted um, a Christmas drive, I, I just I started asking people to uh, get money and people donated and so I bought toys and my family and I came together rented out a little club in Mars and gave out um, toys to families who weren't able to provide their children with toys. I'm really not in you know big on Christmas and and so but I know the feeling and uh I just want people to be happy during those times.
0: Oh yeah, so, so
1: I did that. Go
0: ahead. Oh no no no, I'm like I'm like you 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 hitting them. I'm like, man, you, you didn't hit so many points. Like we gotta, we gotta, we gotta kind of, slow
2: it down. yeah, we okay. gotta go
0: back in there. We stop, gotta dissect stop, that. Stop. Yeah. Okay. I got you. <laughs> so I know you've had a busy <laughs> day and I, I know you've been doing a little ripping and running, but so, all right. I just wanted people to kind of get a, get a glimpse of that. Like, like you said, coming from Lawrence County, um, being the first in your family to go to college, mm-hmm. um, then coming,
1: gonna be entering the politics.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm the only one. <laughs> exactly. Like I mean, you you a trendsetter and, and a trailblazer. Um. So, but one thing I, I always like to point out, like mm-hmm. a lot of times people go to college and then it's that scramble after college. Like, hey, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? And for the people listening, you you'll hear like Shaker say like, hey, I got me a job and I worked that job. Like I worked it to the best of my ability. But what I heard in that was like you were growing as a person because to like the the part we're going to get to later, because I know a little bit about your story is like how you were able to take that ability to talk to people and not just, like mm-hmm. I said, be a pushy salesman, but like really kind of meet people where they were. Right. Um, I think it's big, but is there, can we kind of pull from that transition point from Lawrence County, which is the country mm-hmm. to Orangeburg and, being you know being that trailblazer that you are, what was that transition like coming from your hometown to college?
1: um uh, I always knew so I I was just naturally smart um and just navigated through school. I think I started thinking about college uh when i when I started hearing other girls who I played sports with um just talking about college and stuff, because I didn't have nobody really talking to me about college. Mm-hmm. Um, or e- even with the guidance counselors was the school. It wasn't a push for African-American students to go off to college, but you have those seeds um, and people, when I say seeds, that, um, or or you have people that plant seeds in your life. And mm-hmm. that those people just happen to be there. So it just happened to be a couple people that planted that seed about college. Um, and so I graduated, and I was supposed to be going to Greenville Tech. Um, and that's just a pipeline that plenty of us follow from home. You go from Greenville Tech to uh, working in a plant. Or if you don't go to Greenville Tech, you go to working in a plant. And so I just didn't want that pipe. I didn't want to go through that pipeline. Um, I was kind of rebellious. Uh, me and my mama actually got into it right before I um, – we got into it, and I got a call from Claflin. And I keep – I've always thought about, like, I, didn't, I don't think I applied to Claflin. I think I filled mm. out that the, there's one college application. You fill it out and it goes to, I think, 46 HBCUs. I think I did that. And that's how my app, my uh, college application landed at Classman. And wow. so I got a call.
0: <laughs> I got a call on, like a
1: Thursday. Yeah, from Classman. I was supposed to start a room it Monday. I got like a call on that Thursday from Classman. Um, just asking me had I planned on coming down, like coming to school. And I was just like, I hadn't, but I can. What what do I need to do? And I had to go down to Orangeburg and I had to fill out all the paperwork. Um, and then like over a matter of a weekend, my mama stepped in. Even though we did get into it, uh, the people at her job came together, got bought all my school uh, supplies, oh, wow. um, and made certain that I was taken care of, that I had what I needed. And over that weekend, that Monday, I started at Claflin. Um, and actually that Sunday when I got dropped off. Uh, we stopped at the Orangeburg, the um, it's a gas station in Orangeburg. Everybody always talking about it. this one with Bojangles, the Shell gas station. <laughs> yeah, I went to that gas station, and when I tell you, like, I didn't have no money to my name when I got dropped off in college. Like, my people was coming together and giving me what they had, but as far as me, I had, I had no money. I was working, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but I didn't have money, like. I didn't have money. Yeah, you I didn't have money, money for the surviving.
0: transition. I, understand.
1: <laughs> I was Yeah, I ain't had the money for the transition. I was just surviving. And so I, um, in Orangeburg, when we was, I was getting Bojangles. They were taking me to the to get some food before they uh headed back up the road. And I saw $50 on the ground. <laughs> 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 and I actually just watched D.L. Cole's, um, <laughs> uh, a comedy show. And yeah. so I'm laughing because when I saw, you know, when I got that $50, I was like, thank you, God. Thank you. God.
0: Like, Won't he do it?
1: Won't he do it? That was one of those moments. And so I just started that, like, and, and from that point forward, I was taken care of when I got to Um The same woman who called me to ask me, was I coming? The financial aid officers, um, people in housing, they just took care of me and made certain that I was straight. Like I said, I was always smart. Like, I could do the work, but I hadn't too.
0: Thought too much about the transition to uh class Wow, that I mean, that's <laughs> that's a funny story. That's, that's those are, see those are the stories I want to hear about because that's yeah it's a, it's a stuff like that. It may be trivial to some, and it may be trivial to some, but people that are listening that that have right. those moments, you will be like, man, I know exactly where you were. Yeah,
1: so, I was at class starting off. I had to work. Every like I had multiple jobs. I braided hair. Um, I just had to work my way through college, and that's what I did. Um, and so, yeah, that's why I'm so passionate about helping young people go off to college, so that mm-hmm. they won't have to endure the struggles that I had to um, endure while trying to uh, earn my degree.
0: Man, no, or that's to be the
1: first in my family to earn a earn a degree.
0: That's that's huge, cause I mean a lot of people. I know, and I, I hope that a lot of people that are listening can relate to that story, and and also think about your family member, your young cousin, or <laughs> niece or nephew, or brother or sister that's going away to college. Like, hey, give that a second thought. Like, you got a couple extra dollars? Think about these kids. Um, that that kind of brings me to another point, because I I know that you are not just someone that connects with people, but you are also a servant leader. So mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> in the
0: times that we are in now, I mean, I know for myself, I I always felt that something would happen in our lifetime to do something like this. I'm not gonna yeah. put all my conspiracy theories and fears out there. <laughs> but I I didn't know it would happen yeah. at this point in my life. Yeah. So where are you I guess you could say like, how are you spending your your quarantine on uh, what a What are your tools and tasks as you go through a global pandemic? Like, that just sounds so weird to even say.
1: but Yeah, so, um, you know, luckily, uh, right before the pandemic started, or we we went into quarantine, um, I had landed uh, an opportunity with a new organization. Um, So, with work, I'm good. Um, My job is remote. Uh, it was already remote. I'm the uh, South Carolina's lead organizer for the Working Families uh, Party. And so I'm working on this program on, called man. Bet Shout On us. That.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: Bet On Us. Uh, uh, basically, our intention is to create a political home and maroon space for black women and non-binary people to build power, grow consciousness, organize their communities and run for office. So I got an opportunity to run that program. Um, and so When we first started into the quarantine and the pandemic um, was uh, happening, I started having a guilty feeling of like being good. I was like, I'm not struggling financially. Um, I I have work. I'm continuing to get, you know, to work. My company gave us a $500 bonus. We get COVID-19 self-care days. They're always pushing therapy. You know, it's just, it's a very, it's it's a different organization. It's a progressive organization and they just really like take care of their people. Um, and so I'm well taken care of, and I'm grateful for the opportunity. Um, but I started having, like, that feeling of, like, guilt, like, because I know all my, like, here at home, my people, they're struggling. Like, they mm-hmm. depend on their checks week to week. These plants are closed down. My mama went four weeks without no pay, no income coming in because she had been off for four weeks. Wow. And so I finally helped her get her unemployment, you know, together so that she can start receiving those checks until they go start or come back from being laid off. So I was feeling guilty, but we had a conversation, and and I just had a conversation with a couple of my people that I'm connected to, um, and I had to realize like I worked to get to this point, like yes, to be to not be financially stressed, um, and on the, on my way to financial prosperity, um, and so I shouldn't feel guilty for it. If anything, th- be grateful, um, and being that I am I am good, I am comfortable. I need to make certain that I'm helping people out during this time. So I've been doing this thing and a lot of people don't know, but I just prepare meals and I just go out and take it to my um, men and women who are experiencing homelessness during this time. And I do that because I know that the organizations that typically do um, serve these groups of folks, like volunteers not showing up because of a pandemic. We're, you know, practicing social distance and we're in quarantine. Mm -hmm. So this population of people, they're not getting the help that they usually get. Oh, to wow. ensure that they're that they're fed, that they eat. So I just been doing that. Um, I, and then I did it the other day. I took, I bought a grill and had some hot dogs and hamburgers and stuff. Um, and I was able to feed about twenty people. And you know that was just like I'm doing, I'm doing something during this time because a lot of us probably feel like like what can we do? It's a a moment of uh, uncertainty, mm-hmm. and you just it's you you just don't know what to do. What's the right move? You want to be safe. You don't want to. It's just so much right now. Um,
0: no, you... but I
1: just wanted to feel like I, I'm doing something, um, and and also like informing um, my people here at home about COVID nineteen and how to uh, apply for uh, unemployment, or you know if somebody needs food, does organization connect them to resources um, that can help supply their needs during this time of um, of, of self quarantine, of not working. It's stressful for a lot of folks. Oh yeah. Um, so you're just making certain that I'm 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 trying to be the light. I always want to be light. Um. So trying to be light during this somewhat dark uncertain time.
0: I can understand that. I, I definitely mm-hmm. do. Man, I think that's that's a huge kudos to you yet again. Doing what I said. You you serve. I mean, you are serving leader. So service is at the front of that. So kind of piggybacking. To what we said earlier, we were uh, we, we were gonna talk about your trip to to Africa, because I I think I think that's shout huge. out to
1: all of my supporters. I did not pay one dime to go to Africa. It, I raised that money
0: exactly. And I remember you you were telling me about <laughs> telling me about this, um, how it all happened, how fortunate you were. Um, that's a word to just keep keep coming up in my spirit just being fortunate yeah and
1: grateful appreciative fortunate
0: yeah yeah and so yet again kind of just you know giving a little summary for where we are so from Gray okay. to to Orangeburg <laughs> mm-hmm. to greenville
2: mm-hmm.
0: somewhere in between there you you hopped on a plane and and crossed this ocean and went to the motherland let's talk about that
1: yeah so the next thought was Columbia. That was for grad school. Um,
0: okay.
1: I, I came 2016 after I left the urban league um, and came off the grad school. Uh, and so from Columbia, that's where the opportunity to go to Africa uh, came about during that time. You know, I became more involved in politics by that time, Clyburn fellowship um, and just, just being I, I did not like USC at first. USC was very um very uh, it was just so uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable times, but I grew. Um and I and it helped me like be it, it helps me look back and find the good during those times. Mm. Um so it was just uh coming from a HBCU to a PWI, the environment was just completely different. It was suffocating at times, um, due to like the the racism. Um, oh, wow. And and it just not feeling like a an environment where people want to see you win. Mm-hmm. Um, and so during that time, I just got it. I, I was going through my classes. Um, I had actually, uh, yeah, going through my class. It was a struggle. Grad school was a struggle. Uh, <laughs> Sound like you just it had like a memory it was, it was like Yeah, I it wasn't a struggle that. because. It was, the work was hard. The work came easy. It was a struggle because I was broke. Ooh. I was, my savings went. My first semester of grad school, at first couple of months of grad school, uh, what I saved up to come to Columbia actually like was gone. Oh, wow. Uh, so.
0: That goes back to my point. Just... You think about your <laughs> friends and family members that are away at college. Hey.
1: Care yeah. packages
0: count. Cash at works.
1: Anything. Uh, food pantries on campus. I'm grateful that USC has a food pantry. Um, I went there a couple of times. But just navigating through my classes. Um, and it an uh, opportunity came to go to Africa, and that was something. Or just do a uh, internship.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, um, let's let's be specific, because I always say like sometimes I'm I'm bothered when people just say Africa. Like, let's be specific. Where, where'd you go? What, what? Okay. Yeah.
1: Ghana. Okay.
0: There we go. There we go. uh,
1: It was always like I wanted to do. I never did like an internship Mm -hmm. in undergrad, like out of state or you go out of the country. Um. And so the opportunity came about to do to go on a um. It was it was just supposed. I think it might have been like a spring break trip, but we were going to go serve as social worker interns in Ghana. Wow. Um. Or and it might not have been gone at the time, but it got canceled. But by the time they canceled the trip, I had already started a GoFundMe um, and put it out there that I want to take advantage of this opportunity. Um, and I started to be very transparent about not having money. But I think I went to some training and I just uh, decided that I will not allow not having the money to, to be a barrier um, when it comes to me experiencing and growing and investing in myself. And so I started becoming transparent about what I don't have. I used to suffer in silence. Mm. So I put it out there on Facebook. Hey, I would love to go on this trip. I don't have the money to do so. Like I want to invest. This is I want to go serve. Can you all invest in me? Wow. Asking people to invest in me, and people did. They they donated. Um, and it got down to like the last five hundred dollars. Um. I had to raise five, five, five grand. And so it got down to the last $500 and, and uncle that I have. Um, he doesn't live here in South Carolina. He's actually, uh, I think he might've been in a, not the Marines, but the Navy. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Navy. I may be mistaken, but he donated $500 and I haven't seen my uncle in years, but we reconnected on social media. And I guess he had been following me because I, I, I like to share um, mm-hmm. because it's just my journey. I just like to share like what I'm doing um, and people can follow. So I guess people follow me and see what I'm, you know, see what I'm up to. Um, and he gave me five. He he donated the last five hundred dollars, and that was it. Wow. Um, the trip got canceled. My a colleague and I, we we ended up finding the organization. He found the organization. He gave me a call, and he was like, hey, "Well, hey, the trip got canceled, we can actually do this." And they had social work internships specific um, for us to come and do. And so um, we went through. I got the money. Had to get all the shots the journey is it, it's so beautiful um just knowing that so many people wanted to see me or just believed in me um yeah. and and wanted me to invest in and gave me yeah and gave me money to be able to go over to Ghana and serve, and so when we got to Ghana <laughs> it was funny because we thought that we were going to the same site,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and my um, colleague, he ended up having to stay in Accra. His site was in Accra, and my site was in, in Um, Accra is the city. Insultane is definitely not the city. <laughs>
0: so you went back to Great Court, but in Ghana.
1: Back, it was it was like I was at my great grandmama's house. I had my um, host mama. Oh, uh, that got
0: to be beautiful right um, there.
1: And it was her great-aunt and her uh, mother that lived at the home, and she had a, an adopted daughter named um, Sicily. I may got, I got may have her name wrong, but it was just like being back in the country, like being at my great grandmother's house. Um, and so I was in a very underdeveloped area. You don't have um, running water. Um, basically was using the bathroom outside. Uh, you have power only a couple of hours out in the day. It's wow. just no stores, no stoplights, no, you know, no, no, none of that. And so I was just there serving. I ended up being at an uh, orphanage called Markoff Foundation. Um, and it's an it's a orphanage, but they also have their own school as well. So, you know, I typically work with middle school to high school age young people to help them get ready to go off to college or mm-hmm. navigate through their pre-college enrollment process. Um, I think that's my little brother calling me, but I'll have to answer later. <laughs> <laughs> who's currently in jail. But we oh. can talk about that later. <laughs> we can talk about that later. But I ended up being a pre-K, like, teacher.
3: Oh, in the little
1: and, and Pre-K, these babies are two and three, one, two, and three. Um, no, can't speak no English. And I am their pre-K teacher. Um, and at first I did not want to do it, but I realized like the teacher who had been there or who was there, the pre-K teacher, she wasn't getting paid. She hadn't got paid in months. And so I was kind of like a break for her. And that's the reason why I came to come serve. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I ended up being with pre-K kids, pre-K babies, um, teaching them ABCs and one, two, threes. But I also, um, was able to go and sit in on teachers, um, of middle and high school age, and help with curriculum and advocate for funding and that type stuff, um, and, and get my feedback as uh, a social worker.
0: See, man, that's... so
1: I did that as well. So it was so I spent I spent three weeks mm-hmm. in um in Ghana, and I served during the week, but I also explored um, Ghana as well. Uh, I I went back to the city across, um, and I party. <laughs> um I, I toured i mean i just had a good time i ate good and then also went to cape coast one weekend um and i went to the beach and and did a canopy canopy walk uh with so, <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: so from from that from the the overall experience uh-huh. though, like as you continue to to grow and, and build on your life story
2: mm-hmm.
0: what was the I, I guess you would say what was the takeaway from that point until the the next point mm-hmm. on, on your journey because we we gotta we gotta touch on some of these campaigns and
2: okay and the things it that you happening.
0: you've done like like out there i got i got a way to tie it all together but
1: okay all right
0: but from Easy. from ghana to to where yeah so when i left it was just a it was just a humbling experience it made me so grateful
1: like life can actually just be very simple. Like a lot of the stuff that we have, we don't need, we can make it without like so much. And so when I came back from, from Ghana, I had like a minimalist mindset. I adopted that minimalist mindset and to be grateful for what I do have. Mm. um, And make, make do with what I have. And so, like I said, I was, I was, um I was still in grad school. Um, when, and as I came back, like we was out for the summer, but, as I said, the grad school was tough for me. I, I was always stressed about money. So the money, being stressed about money and trying to work and make a way, like I was I was um, behind. And it, so much just happened during grad school, too, with loss. I started experiencing loss. I lost one of my uncles. I lost my uncle, Rick. Him and I have the same birthday. So just navigating through loss, like being, not having money to, just struggling. Like, I let my car go back. Um, I stopped doing Project Blackheart, my nonprofit organization, because I just didn't have the money to do so. And mm-hmm. so it was like I was trying to pour from an empty cup. Um,
0: oh yeah, that's difficult.
1: And so I just, I, a lot of people don't know this, but I, I stopped going to grad school. Um, I didn't know if I was gonna come back, um, and I just had so much work to turn in. I just mm-hmm. had to turn in so much work, so much papers, and so I was, I was being open with my professors on like why I was behind what I was experiencing. And then you, if you went to college of social uh, field of social work you know, empathy, understanding. And so they was allowing me to, you know, submit my my assignments late, but they had, it had just piled up. Mm. Um, and I was supposed to be working on it while I was in Ghana, but I just didn't. And so when I came back come August, it was just like, I wasn't ready to go back to grad school. And so I had did the Calderon Fellowship in the meantime too. Um, and Bratika Moody called me and was yeah, like, hello, do you want to do a field organizer? um position in Virginia. And like I said, I was contemplating if I was gonna go back to school because I needed to work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Shh, Virginia. And so two of my friends, um, Tonisha and uh Kosha, they was living they just so happen to be living in Richmond. so I, I did the phone interview and I was like, hey, you wanna come be a field organizer?
0: Oh, I'm like, let's why let's not? tell people <laughs> what that is. Like like what does a field organizer do? Or I guess you would say what what did you do okay. at that? Juncture.
1: So when I went, like I hadn't, I hadn't had experience at being a field organizer, but I had been through the training. I went mm-hmm. to Clayborne Fellowship, and it, it it helps you see yourself as a campaign operative, but also a candidate too. Um, but I started learning about being a campaign operative. So like I said, I love to talk to people. Voter registration was my thing when I was on Claflin's campus. I came in at 08 when it was the then president, uh, or Sen- senator Barack Obama was running for office. So I was getting full. Poll- students on campus at class in the state. So organizing has always been my thing. I like getting people involved or whatever. So I went to Richmond to serve as a field organizer. I was knocking on doors. getting. Um, I was I was working for a coordinated campaign, um, Ralph Northam. And I can't remember the other two. Um, uh, Fairfax, I think. I just can't remember the other two people that was on the, on the ballot. Mm-hmm. But I was just knocking on doors as a field organizer um, remind folks that we had an upcoming election, and asking them to specifically vote for these candidates, and, and, and
0: informing them on why they should vote for these candidates. And so, um, no, 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 it's good, it's good. And so, for people listening, a coordinated campaign is what is that? So you're not you're not working for a specific so it, candidate; you're working for more or less the ballot, right? Yeah,
1: the ballot, the party. Yeah, pretty much.
0: All right, I just like to make sure people on the outside, hey, you know, sometimes okay. us politicos, we get to start throwing out terms yeah. and stuff we've done and are doing. And people are like, so what does that mean exactly? All right, so yeah. from, I'm just tracking. I'm tracking where you're moving okay. around from. So I,
1: so I did that, and um, it, it made me money. I'm, I, as a field organizer, I was getting paid, you know, weekly. Yeah. Um and it and I was able to stack money from uh August up until November, which was election day. And it was temporary. And mm-hmm. so I had um I, I took a semester off. You could take a semester I took that semester off and I plan on going back to um grad school in the in the spring. And so I made my I had opportunity to come to Richmond and make that money and that's exactly what I did and I came back. Um and I got involved with a merch, so I fell on it then. So I started seeing myself as a candidate when I got into that program. Emerge South Carolina is a, um, a organization uh, that trains Democratic women to not only run for office but to win. Mm. And so I got I got involved with that. Or I, I went through the fellowship class. And so that's when I started seeing myself more as a candidate. And I and I had I was introduced to uh, uh, Shirley Chisholm back in undergrad or right when I graduated from grad school or uh, classmate. And so I, she's the, you know, that became my idol, like a woman that was heavily involved in politics. She was kind of like unbought and unbossed, said what she had to say, was very passionate for the people and specifically black people. Like that was the first woman that I just heard, like advocating on behalf of black people and was open and, and saying that and actually being OK with like I'm advocating for black people.
0: Oh, no, um, I know. I know that Shirley <laughs> Chisholm is. Um, see, you, you kind of took my, my question away. I was gonna say okay. with, all, with all this experience that you've gathered and now you are're a world traveler um mm-hmm. <laughs> you you're a college educated you've been back to grad school you've had to take some time off you start mm-hmm. your pivot into politics um, taking the fellowship shows you that hey you can't you could can do more than just knock on doors and do the work or you could just knock mm-hmm. or you could do more by knocking on doors for yourself.
1: And that was a time of investing investing in myself. So I just started hopping on opportunities, like because yeah. I, I was asking God to send opportunities my way. And so it's just like when 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 your prayers are a- answered or whatever, you, if you manifest whatever you manifest into your life, like the door is there. Are you gonna you know walk through it it's, and take exactly. advantage of the opportunity? And so I was just doing stuff like any training I saw, any opportunity I was just signing up for. I was doing it. Um, I was still not scholarships because I'll I i did not have the money. And so mm-hmm. I just started going to all these trainings and stuff, learning how to be a campaign operative, learning um I just wanna build black political power, get folks in office and um at and, and be, be advocates for our people.
0: No. Where I, it matters. I, I get it. I get it. And you you've done a great job at doing it. So at, at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, so you, oh, yeah. you worked on, <laughs> coordinated in Virginia. Now yeah. you're back in South Carolina. Um, Finishing
1: up grad school. Yeah. I, I, I got an internship. Um, My foundation level internship, I started, things started looking up for me Um, in, I think that might have been 2018, spring of 2018. I got my internship at, my advanced level internship at So-and-Season to so the Midlands. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an organization founded by Zakia Esper. Z is so dope. Like, she shout yeah. out to Z. I know Z. <laughs> Z is uh, you need your Z in your life. Um, <laughs> but uh, she has this organization, or she founded this organization called Sewing Seeds into the Midlands. She served as a, a probation's officer for Djj, um, and, and pretty much all the gaps in services, um, when it came to the young people, uh, who had dealings with the DJJ system. And so it was kind of like they were getting trapped in it. They didn't have community service hours. There weren't organizations out there that would um, give young people um, without adult signature and an adult being able to do their uh, volunteer opportunity. So she started the organization to give volunteer app- volunteer opportunities to somebody to be an advocate for um, the young people when they're in the courtroom and to provide them with therapy, and just any other kind of... um,
0: All the necessary uh, tools.
1: Yes, necessary tools and skills to help develop them into um, successful young people. And so I just started, like, from there, uh, I got an opportunity to... She hired me on for the summer. Uh, So I had money coming in. I was loving what I was doing. I was was with a new group of young people. I wasn't working with Project Blackheart and helping young people go to school, but I was still able to incorporate what I love to do um into into the sowing seeds mission as well like i was always talking to the young people about college um and so i i it, everything just started it seems that i started going in a, a upward um uh i don't really know how to word it but i just started It things just started opening up for me like mm-hmm. i was going in a good direction i was moving
0: forward so it's a lot at what so point I, um, did oh go ahead go ahead what you got
1: Okay, so I was going to say that that happened, and then so I, I came into, I worked there for the summer, or I actually, I did sow and seed my, my last year in grad school, um, and so I was interning there, uh, working there for the summer, and then interning in the, in the fall, and then in the spring, and so um, I was in my last semester of grad school. By that time, I had worked for Congressman Clyburn as well. Um, mm-hmm. I worked as a, tur- a turnout voter um organizer so trying to get folks to go out and vote uh to pretty much make certain that we gain seats here in south carolina um i was able to help get uh congressman joe wilson i mean Cunningham, Qu- into uh office
0: oh yeah yeah we definitely gonna edit that but um yeah <laughs> let me yeah yeah
1: let me, i can
0: say it though <laughs> oh yeah no i got you i got you we were like boop, boop, got it um yeah so,
1: so... To get him in office
0: so working working now in in the political space yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, at what point? Because I'm trying to think, like, what timeline wise? Okay. You had ran. Well, at what? So after helping Joe, was that like during the time when well, you were I deciding was, to I run was, for yourself? I
1: was I was helping um Congressman
0: Claiborne. Uh huh. OK.
1: And yeah. Yeah. I was working for Congressman Clyburn uh, as a voter turnout organizer, which ultimately helped Joe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it, it all works. Okay. together. It all works together. <laughs> so at what point did you decide to put your own name on the ballot? Run yourself.
1: OK. So like I said, I merged. Um, I was able to see myself as a candidate. Um, mm-hmm. somebody actually running for office, not the, not the operative, the person that's getting everybody elected, you know, putting people in office, but, um, in the field of social work, like I'm a political social worker, I'm a macro social worker. And so, um, serving in the elected office is a way that we can fulfill the mission of being a social worker. Hmm. Um, and so I started seeing myself as a candidate, uh, back when I completed Emerge. Um, and I think that might've been in 2017, yeah, because I did Clyburn Fellowship in 2016 and emerged 2017. So I, I started seeing myself as a candidate. But again, I like organizing. I was on the ground just uh, working on campaigns. And so my last semester of graduate school, I, I can remember it, um, I got a call from Garrett McDaniel. <laughs> oh,
0: shout out to Garrett. Uh,
1: shout Lawrence out to Garrett. County. Lawrence County. Um, and so I, I got a call from Garrett, and he was just informing me that there was an open seat um, in my hometown of Greycourt, which I, I didn't know. Uh, because open seats, the same people have served for, you know, for for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just asked me, like, what you going to do, you got? I think it might have been a day.
2: I oh had
3: 24
1: goodness. hours <laughs> to decide if I would cut the filing deadline. Was, um Yeah, I only had 24 hours to decide because the filing deadline was coming up. So, you know, I called a couple people. Um, One of the first persons that I called was Melissa Watson, who Mm -hmm. is the executive director of Emerge South Carolina. She's my star as well. Um, And so, shout out to Delta Sigma Theta. I knew you were going to do
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) I knew it was coming.
1: (laughs) But, I, you know, I called and I was just like, what should I do? And, and like I said, I was take, like, opportunities. If opportunities present, you know, present themselves, like, yes, I'm, I'm just yes. going with it. And so it was just an opportunity. It was like, I've, I've been talking about running for office. Um, I didn't know when. It was always like, I'm going to go off, I'm going to work, I'm a, you know, I'm going to grow my network, and then I'm going to come back and run for office. And I, I just think it was okay. It's okay. It's it's timing. Like I guess it's time for me. The opportunity is here. And so I filed for office in my last semester of grad school. I ran my own campaign. Um,
0: the best ones.
1: And it was it was, <laughs> it was so, yeah it was so grassroots. Um, you helped out. You came to my phone bank. Um, and, and helped out. Oh Thank yeah, you so much. yeah I that was the day we ended up calling
0: you. the mayor. Yeah, I <laughs> yeah,
1: because <laughs> oh, yeah, you was on the phone forever, and I needed you to be calling oh. other folks, uh, but um it was i ran my own campaign like i said i was still in grad school so i was finishing up my last semester grad school i i got elected um uh, i had an opponent uh he was an elder white man um about his season like I said, everybody else um uh, in council is uh older as well
0: mm-hmm. um
1: I, they probably got me about 30 years and so
0: now that's most he, local he, government he in yeah, area.
1: eventually he dropped out he dropped out um and I just continued to run a campaign. I didn't even announce it to people that he dropped out. I just continued doing. I wanted to just implement my campaign plan. I was having fun. Mm-hmm. And I was only taking two courses, so I wasn't stressed about school. Like, it had all actually, um, a, it, it was a line. Me taking that semester off made it so that I only had to take two classes my last semester instead of four.
0: Come on, man. That, so that's divine to, timing.
1: Yeah, Divine Tommy. Uh, it was Divine timing, And so, I got elected, and I graduated. <laughs> and then I started working for Senator Cory Booker, um, dun, 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 dun. Was running for president.
0: <laughs> hey, I was so texting with Cory today. That's crazy. It,
1: it happened in a matter of months. I filed for office, I think, was that January or February? Uh, end of January, I think, or February. Mm-hmm. Um and then my election <laughs> was in March. Um, I was sworn in in April. I graduated in May, Let, and uh, I started working with Senator uh, hold on, on the court hold on. For presidential campaign team in June. All
0: right, all right, we got we got to put a, <laughs> we got to put a pivot right there because I, I I know Shirley Chisholm being your your political hero, right? Yes. So when you were sworn in, is there anything special you want to add about when you were sworn in? You know, oh. What what book did you use or anything like that? Just yeah, asking.
1: So, you know, typically so use the Bible. Um, like I'm very aligned with God
2: mm-hmm.
3: and
1: aligned with myself. Um, but that just isn't a book that you know I've had in my hand to guide me. Um, I see where you My process. Yeah. So you know, that's just that just isn't a book that I had read. Um, and one of the books that. That is very, uh, I love this book. It surely is an I unbought and I bought My best friend LJ uh, bought me this book. Um, it's an original one. She bought me this book out of Greenville at, um, from the Malcolm X Center. And that is uh, organized or. Um, Anything
0: special about this book that you might want to add? Does not have yes. a signature in it? Anything like that? <laughs> I'm just asking.
1: Yes, it has Shirley
0: Chisholm signature. Come on, you do Original Shirley Chisholm
1: I'm and 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 so that is what I had my hand on when I was sworn
0: in. I mean, honestly, I, I can me knowing you and knowing what her her presence has meant not just mm-hmm. in you and your political space, but just has meant throughout your, your life and then your journey and how it correlates and overlaps in so many different ways mm-hmm. i would expect nothing nothing less Like, honestly. and
1: i was so i was so and i wasn't about to do it because i was just so worried about what people would say they'd be like oh she's not christian or she's not god or you know she doesn't believe in god and that definitely isn't the case
0: mm-hmm. but you but um, people people didn't even that that wasn't even a thought like
1: no well, I, that was just me in my own head thinking people was gonna you know oh yeah say yeah. something about me not having a bible
0: um,
1: Because everybody else
0: before me had the Bible in their hand. Uh-huh. Um, And then I brought out my, my book. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> that that's your good book. I mean, not yeah. saying that you don't have the other, but yeah. So,
1: I have many good books.
0: It, many. Exactly. It ain't just
2: one book for
0: me. Is, exactly. I always tell people, over here at the Cold Breath Library, we have many volumes. Many volumes. <laughs> but, <laughs> so, well, yeah, so we get to... June, and I, I remember, um you know, I, I don't, I'm i not gonna, you, you know, me. I always say I don't make this thing about me at all, but I remember uh-huh. having to call you and be like, "Man, come on, Terry, you know, come on, you you know what you want to be, you know what you want to <laughs> be doing this campaign cycle. Come on now." Well, I, I knew I wanted to be too, but y'all was talking too slow. You know, I was trying to make some money. And look- <laughs> <laughs> if y'all, y'all hear the pattern, right? Cherik was like, "Look, I'm here to break generational curses, right?
2: Opportunity,
0: exactly. Hold on, think about this, right? I, I love patterns, right? I love how things go together. I, I'm a mechanic at heart. That's that's how my mind works. So Cherik okay. all about patterns and breaking curses. So she crushed the family generational educational barrier. She's always talked about making sure that there were enough resources to go around, like, hey, get, get in her bag. But then she crossed the educational barrier. And so when she talked, just know that there's a bag undertone to whatever <laughs> she's gonna say. And so she said, we were talking <laughs> slow. Um, yeah, I didn't write the checks over there. I was just political to write. I'm just saying. But
1: um, <laughs> Y'all was. Y'all
0: was talking too slow. We, well, I pressed the gas in the, in the words of, of Boosie. All gas, <laughs> no brakes. I pressed the gas to get this young woman over on our team. And she came over as as a part of field. And I remember we had mm-hmm. a few conversations. I was like, man, listen, man. Just chill out. I think something's coming down the pipe for you. Yeah. because so you know,
1: I'm very humble. I'm
0: very humble. So, I can say where I
1: was at. I was uh, a regional organizing director. Over at um, Bernie Bernie twenty
0: twenty, um, her words, not mine. I'm just saying.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I had been on. I had only been on like a week, um, and I just got the call. Like I know where I wanted to be. I wanted to work for Cory, work on Senator Cory Booker's campaign, presidential campaign team. But I hadn't heard anything, and like I, I was, I was coming out of grad school. I needed a job, um, and so I, at one point in time. Um, you know, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter. Uh, I was a Bernie Sanders supporter back when it was him and uh, Hillary Clinton. And mm-hmm. so I was excited to, and, and and that was something I had put on my vision board, too. I wanted to work on the presidential campaign team. So it wasn't, you know, pretty much, yeah, I put it on my vision board and the and opportunity came. So I was work. I had started on that campaign team, but I knew what my heart was. And when the opportunity came, like that heart work is easy work. Like it, it comes easy because you, exactly. you really care about it. And so, and there was a couple of things that just wasn't settling right with me um, over on that campaign team. And yeah, i leave that with it just a couple folks? Yeah. Or just, just one person. Just one. I'm not of touching that. It was good people that. over there. I got some friends over there. <laughs> Great people. It was um, just one. Um, yeah. But shout out to everybody else on that team. I love them all. Uh, <laughs> but I just knew what my heart was. I, court, uh, Senator Court Booker was just somebody that I looked up to um, at, because I was interested in running for office. And he served on city council um and then he moved up to mayor and then he moved up to senator and so i just you know was a i was exposed to him during Clyburn fellowship and had been following his journey ever since and watching him as a as an elected official and so i admire him and he just he reminded me of a social worker he's very passionate um he just wanted to help the people yeah um empower the people. people first person it's that and so when i the opportunity presented itself i was like okay and so i'm the type of person i'm a i'm a servant like i don't want to um I, I don't i I I am cool with everybody so it was like oh my goodness like i'm getting called over here but i don't want nobody over here to be mad at me and so like i had to i had to pick up the phone and call my field director and like let him know what was happening and
0: i told he you was so to receiving. Call me i Kevin
1: yeah Ernest was so receiving man we had a real conversation and He was like, it is okay, like
0: go wherever Aaron, y'all, Aaron is you know,
1: go where your heart go where your heart is. And so it was an easy transition for me. Like I didn't leave with uh, what they say, what about the bridges? Don't burn any yeah, bridges. They didn't burn any bridges. Like, I didn't I didn't, I didn't burn any bridges. And so I went over, came over um to the campaign team and I shoot for nine months I had fun. It was a fun time. It was Man. a wild time and a <laughs> stressful time, but I absolutely love working on um the campaign team as I started off as a regional organizing director um and I I really wanted to stay organizing director position but for me I was a bit um I felt like sometimes I feel like you got to um have specific titles before you can move up like mm-hmm. it's different levels so I was an organizer a field organizer then I felt like I had to work as a regional organizer and then I can be a state organizer director so I wanted to put my name in the hat for the for the state organizing director position, but I didn't. And I hadn't had the experience of managing any organizers either, so I needed that
0: experience. Oh, yeah, but um, you got it, right? Cause in the yeah, end, I got it. I
1: mean, I got it. Yep, I got it. I got the state organizing director position. Um, Wait, and was I that on your it, vision,
0: board? You manifest a lot of things. <laughs> From you that $50 in Orangeburg all the way to now
1: when I went to the Congressional Black Caucus Institute Advocacy and Campaign Training, um, I did that in uh, maybe se- August or September, maybe mm-hmm. September, October of 2019. Um, and the position had come open um, while we was on the campaign. And so when I went to that training, it was just like, they was just like, put your name in the hat. Like Everything was telling exactly. you, like, put your name in the hat. You know you can do this work. You just gotta present yourself in a way that you're confident. you know, to Crystal and whomever else may make that decision. And so I put my name in the hat and I was selected.
3: There you go. And so I
1: did my job as the state organizing director and I I loved every single day of it. It was a learning experience. It was fun times. Uh, I really believed in Senator Cory Booker. Um, And it was, it was, in a team. So I love Cory, but just even the team that we had, it was just a so homegrown. You, Crystal, Elena, you know, Monique, Nisi. Yeah, I was like was you, you like... built.
0: You built a great team too, because you yeah, know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't build it like, but I was able to want because I started off as regional, so it was definitely hard moving up a state organizing director because I had been, you know, on the same level with the regional di- organizing directors, so I had to. Like I wanted them to be respectful of me as their state organizing director, but I also want them to let them know that we're all still a team. Like exactly. I'm for y'all. Um, and so I was able to I was able to keep I was able to bring together that team feeling. Um mm-hmm. and we work hard. So when you when you feel like a team, you'll work as a team. Nobody won't be against each other. Um, uh, you wanna see the numbers, you wanna see everybody win. Um you want to see everybody hit their goals, and so I just felt like, you know, overall we were a great team um, because we really cared about each other, and we, and, and, like I say, and in all caps, we cared about the candidate as well, exactly. and we really believed in
0: him. I mean, Corey was a phenomenal candidate. I mean,
1: yes, man, <laughs> all
0: around like good guy. Politics aside, like yep, I,
1: every time you he left, every time he left, you just feel good because you could, you know, he really cared for the people he go talk to every yeah. person. He's gonna shake every person's hand. Um, he's gonna look them in their eyes. He's gonna listen. Uh, he just give me like all social worker vibes. Like, kind of <laughs> feel like like people probably felt like they just came from therapy after having a conversation with him Man. because he had that like that hope. And I don't wanna, you know, compare him to President Uh Barack Obama, but it was just that feeling of hope again. Um, that I felt with working um on Senator Cory Booker's uh presidential campaign scene and just. That thought of him actually becoming the president after you know us having to deal with Trump, um, so it's just like I, I had that hope um, in Senator Cory
0: what? Booker. No, no, no. I
1: the same hope I had in President Barack Obama, or I, I experienced, I felt.
0: Yeah, I man, it's so many things. In this like, type bro, of
1: work, you gotta remain hopeful. In this type of work,
0: you hope, do. I that's mean, light.
1: you gotta remain hopeful.
0: Deeper, deeper than all, just the we work. We
1: statement and win.
0: Yeah, exactly. Deeper than just the work. In in the times that we're in, in this world that we live in, I mean... We
1: just moving the fight for it. We just, you know, continue with what our ancestors... Some things that we're working towards, we may not even live to see, but we have to do it, you know, uh, with the faith, with the belief that one day it'll happen, it'll be whatever it is that we're wanting, uh, it will be, because our ancestors, they dreamt the same thing. They believe in the same thing, and so that's why they always we where our ancestors' wildest dreams.
0: Come on, that's what they work, I they,
1: you know, they worked for times like this, but they, knew they, they probably wasn't going to see it, but they didn't stop working because yeah. they wanted it for us, generations after them. So I'm working for the generations after me.
0: Look at, come on now, come. Okay, you planting seeds for the trees that you will never feel the shade. <laughs>
1: you put it in a way that I probably
0: would have never done. I mean, you know, Sounded
1: good.
0: <laughs> I, I, I grew up around a lot of rappers.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. okay. <laughs> well, well, I say I, I was like to you know, sum it all up one. Okay. Like, man, I appreciate you sharing and laying it all out, keeping it real. Cause that's what I want this to be. I, I want this to be like, Hey, it's, it's entertaining. And yeah, we're, we're talking, we're, we're doing this, we're doing that. But also you're getting to learn about people. Like, right, and I usually
1: tell y'all no. I I usually won't do stuff like this because I I feel like I can't be myself or I can't be authentic.
0: You tell um, other people no,
1: not ten. <laughs> but that's what I was about to say. It's because of you. You're the only. It's you. <laughs> You're the reason why I agreed to do this podcast.
0: Oh man, um, but, man, because I, I, knew I, I really, could be myself. I really appreciate that. Like you, you sound like um. I, I talked to Jaleesa a couple of days ago.
3: She's mm-hmm. like, I don't
0: like podcasts. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I was like, so you're not gonna do it? I do it for you, like <laughs> yeah, you know, I get
1: nervous. I get nervous when it's cameras and you know all that stuff around, so yeah, um and oh the first no I'm seeing you, you disappear you, <laughs> you know I disappear. I go behind the scenes and do the work exactly. um but I knew I could just be myself and I feel comfortable, so
0: no man that that honestly that that truly warms my heart for real, not just the the cool cliche political thing to say. But it's like, yeah, okay. that's, what I, that's what I want this to, I want this to do. I want this to be. And even when I, you know, looking at continuing to build a guest list, I even want to not just pull in political people as such, mm-hmm. but at least people that, Hey, you have an opinion, you have a voice, you have a story. Cause that's what it's about, it's about your story.
1: Storytelling. It's
2: storytelling.
0: Yeah. And we, we don't do that enough. Um, no. A term I love is community learning, right? Like, what that is. That's how people learn in a community. And generally, you see it with, with babies. Like, you can mm-hmm. take your little cousin and you almost would be shocked at how much they've learned. And even if it's a, a baby that can barely speak, they know how to navigate the family, the family structure of their family, yep. cause of community learning. And I know mm-hmm. you've seen it in Ghana with these babies experiencing you and your culture. Yep submerging in their culture and you were able to teach them like that that's beautiful so from Great coat lawrence county <laughs> <laughs> man as soon as i said lawrence county it just reminded me i i, I got a Call back my good friend, the city councilwoman over there in Lawrence, but I I gotta call her back. Alicia. Yes, exactly. See, look, I won't say because I'll be like, oh, then I'm like, I said Uh, it. I hope she hear you. He ain't called you back
1: yet. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I gotta call her back. We're bad about not calling each other back, but we don't take it personal, though. None of us take it personal because
0: I'm bad about it. I, I feel like once you get elected, you. Your time—it just go 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 go. You know we
1: working too. We we ain't elected and retired. Yeah. We, we elected in in real uh, not real jobs,
0: but uh, I, yes, full time jobs. Exactly. <laughs> I tell people all the time: if you knew what I made as a mayor, you would laugh. But <laughs> oh,
1: same here, same here. I,
0: oh yeah, yeah. We talked about that. <laughs> so, so yet again, I appreciate it sharing your story, sharing your journey. Um, and like like I like to say, when you come on the show is it's bigger than just something to do or me being a, a, a friend or colleague. And you're like, hey, I'll do it for you, Terrence. But I want you to know that, hey, you, you are part of it. You're an alumni now. So you are okay. a, a cultured and country I get cousin. Res- I'm
1: to put that on my resume. You know I love building
0: my resume. Hey. That- <laughs> 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 you, are, you are what we're going to call uh, a cultured and country cousin. Okay. So okay, thus far, that means you are, you will definitely be invited to my mama's world famous cookout so I ask every guest or well, every cousin okay, since you come into the cookout what dish would you bring but like we say down south also what would you like to leave with on your covered plate
1: oh uh. I'm gonna be honest. I'm that cousin that show up with nothing because I take care of everybody. And, I'm <laughs> <laughs> and I'm you don't bring, bring no napkins,
0: worries. no forks. No,
1: no. <laughs> I don't bring me, and we're gonna eat good. We're gonna have a good time. But if somebody needs something after that, they can call me, and you know, I be the uh. person that uh. Take care
0: of them. I respect. Or make
1: something happen. Connecting them to a resource.
0: I respect um, your honesty. But
1: yeah, I'm turning thirty, so I got to start bringing something to the to the cookout, huh? I that might got to be the person to host. Start hosting the cookout. I, I just lost my
0: grandmother, so might yes. have to be the the one to start hosting. <laughs> hey, I, I, I totally understand. Totally, totally understand. And so yeah, that's it. So so now you got to kind of shift gears. So okay, in the next chapter of your life. When you start yeah. hosting these cookouts, so Terry, I've never heard you talk about cooking. So, um, what would you like to cook and bring to the cookout? And since you say you you don't eat, so I don't know why would you even take leftovers. But um, <laughs> and
2: you say, I do eat leftovers,
0: man. Terrick, we you we've got, been out got to eat. For day. You, you exactly. You be like, yeah, I still got that potato. <laughs> like what? <laughs>
1: no i love leftovers but i don't know okay so if i came to the cookout or when i start hosting one one dish that i'm gonna make sure folks have yes um it gotta be some fish there some fried fish some catfish okay like i don't want to know people we we had fish fries so i'd rather have a fish fry than a cookout
0: I, understood understood I'm, I'm kind of a combination i I'm not really the big barbecue, barbecue person, but I'll definitely catch that burger, a hot dog, and some beans. That's me. Give me some
1: catfish or a brim, um, (laughs) some good fried fish, and I'm good. So I make sure that we had a fish at the cookout.
0: There you go. And so what would you take away?
1: What I would take away, I would just take away the moment, the opportunity to spend time with family, laugh, uh, be ourselves, dance, uh, love on each other. Oh, uh, uh, look at that. Yeah. I, I just take that away. Nothing nothing uh tangible, but more of that
0: the memory. You know, the memory. I got it. I got it. Well, yet again, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate My pleasure. it. And we'll be doing this again, maybe a year from now. <laughs> I'm I'm seeking I segue myself into the the Clyburn fish fry or the golf tournament where I could do a live show like this. Oh, that'd, oh, be, nice.
1: that'd be dope. That'd be dope.
0: So yeah, I'm putting it. I'm putting it out I, there. But when,
1: but when the um your mama cookout though, I mean you ain't
0: putting no date out there. Hey, see, we uh, you gonna get a, you a cousin? <laughs> you get the text message. Okay, okay, all
1: right, all right. We, you know, gotcha. We
0: got a lot of we got a lot of skin folk that ain't skin folk listening. And <laughs> <so. laughs> they
1: not invited to the cookout. Quit invite everybody to the cookout.
0: See, you don't have to tell me twice. Cause what I just told you, you gonna get the text message. And
1: make sure you put that part on
0: there. <laughs> Everybody can't come. God,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> well, hey, are we gonna close this thing out yet again. Right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: It Later.
0: Peace.